0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We've got eight
2: games to talk about today, folks. And let me tell you, we have got some tough matchups to figure out. The Cardinals-Rams, the 49ers-Bills is pretty interesting. I even think the Packers and the Eagles is an interesting one. And and many more. Lions and Bears, for example. What's going on? Welcome to the Friday show. Hey, Jamie, what's up?
0: You said Lions and Bears. I said, oh, my.
2: Oh, my. I know. Yeah. I, I thought about that, too. Me, too. Yeah. Yeah. We're all we're all big Wizard of Oz fans uh, no, over no, I here. think Mick Hubert. Greatest college football announcer of all time. Mick Hubert. Oh, OK. Yeah. He says, oh, my. Oh, my. Every uh, time the Gators score. Are they playing? Are the Gators playing at noon on ESPN this week? Uh, I sure hope so. They are always new (laughs) in ESPN every week. Um, This episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. I'm going to tell you about the shirt I am wearing right now. It is like I am wearing a blanket. It is incredibly comfortable, and I might fall asleep on the podcast. All right. We do not have a Thursday night game to recap. Did you guys have a nice Thursday night? Yes. Yes, it was great.
0: A little baseball for the kids. Um, Nice. Yeah. Put together the FFT show that you two are on.
2: Well, you know, Dave and I really gave you most of the material, to be fair.
1: Yeah, but it was later than usual.
0: (laughs) Uh, Florida plays at 3.30 on Saturday.
1: Oh, wow. Big game? On CBS. Yeah, that's going to be on CBS if it's 3.30.
2: Okay. College football. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah, all right. So... We are going to talk just about eight games, and we're going to basically get right into it. I did Twitch yesterday with Chris and Frank, and the f- I, we got a ton of running back questions, and I tried to pick the FAQs, basically, the frequently asked about running backs, essentially. Uh, Miles Sanders came up a ton. Raheem Mostert, I think, was probably the most uh, asked about. Clyde Edwards, Zelaire, and Kenyon Drake. If I had to guess, I would say those are the four names that came up the most. Miles Sanders, Raheem Mostert, Clyde Edwards, Zelaire, and Kenyon Drake. All of them are pretty interesting in their own ways. And how do we feel about them, Dave? Like, how would you rank Miles Sanders, Mostert, Edwards, Zelaire, and Drake?
1: Sanders is still going to be at the top of the list because of the matchup. Um, And then I believe I've got Mostert next, Edwards, Zelaire, Drake... But they're all kind of close together. They're all in that same range of guys that you're hoping can score a touchdown. And at least in the case of Drake, we know that the touches have been there. So, not going to fight anybody on moving him ahead or behind Edwards Eller.
2: And Jamie, how do you see this group? Sanders, Mostert, Edwards Eller, Drake.
0: Same as as Dave put it. As you read them, um, I think you know Mostert hopefully shook off the rust and you know will get going a little bit more. It is interesting that they gave Jeff Wilson the same amount of touches. Mostert had a fumble in the game, and now Tevin Coleman's off the injury list. So now you have all four guys at uh, Kyle Shanahan's disposal. Hopefully, he doesn't really, you know, make this a full blown committee and you know limits Mostert. But uh, it's a very favorable game script for Edward Hailaire. Just looking at you know how he should be able to run against the Broncos. And then as Dave said, the touches have been there for Drake and Adam, the story that you pointed out that you sent to us uh, from ESPN that teams are forcing Kyler Murray to hand the ball off and, you know, throw the ball to his running backs. And so it's a, uh, it's a game plan against the Cardinals, which makes sense. I'd rather Kenyon Drake beat me than Kyler Murray beat me. Mm-hmm. And so Kenyon Drake is benefiting in terms of the catches and, and the way that he's uh, you know, being used. So I think they're all certainly in play. Drake has the toughest matchup of the group, in my opinion. Um, you know, So we'll see how he uh, how he handles it. But I think all these guys are uh, – Sanders is still a borderline number one running back just based on the matchup, and then everybody else is a, is a quality number two guy.
1: The one other thing I'll add about Drake, and this is just stunning from where he was earlier this year, he has nine targets his last two games. That's the same as Chase Edmonds, and it ranks tied for fourth, obviously tied because Edmonds has the same, among all running backs the last couple of weeks. There's two. There's yeah. two
0: backfields that are. You know, you're you're seeing the the starter take over the passing down work, which was making the second guy viable in PPR. One is Washington. Yep. Where you're seeing J.D. McKissick not have the same level of work like he was a few weeks ago, and then this one in Arizona.
2: Yeah, and Drake though, do you feel like Drake has to score? And I will say there have yes. been there have been five running um, there have been five running backs like with- that all season. Yeah, but but this run defense, I mean, is so good. Five running backs with fifteen or more carries against the Rams. Four of them have scored. That's good. But three of them did not rush for more than sixty-five yards. But when we talk about these great run defenses right now, we're looking at the Saints. We're looking at the Bucs. We're looking at the Falcons. They've been terrific, especially since, as as Jamie's pointed out, especially since uh, Raheem Mostert, or <laughs> Raheem Morris took over. Um, but the Rams have got to be included in there. In their last eight games, their last seven games, there has not been one running back that scored more than ten non-PPR. Or twelve PPR fantasy points, seven straight games against the Rams. So you know how many did Mostert rush for? I think like sixty-five. Right, Damn.
0: so he would have been twelve
2: if not for the fumble. Okay. Did he, did he get hurt in that game? I don't even remember Mostert. Yeah, the first time I'm talking about last week. Oh, last week. Oh, 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 no. Um, I don't. I don't remember. Uh. He had oh, 16 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. Sorry, I thought you meant um, his first meeting with them. He had 17 carries for 65 yards. Last that week, game he got hurt in, yes. That's yeah. the
0: game where he hurt his ankle. And then Hasty I don't came. think he got hurt last week.
2: No, no, it was the first game against the Rams. In the last game, last week against the Rams, great example. Mostert, yards per carry machine, like one of the most efficient running backs. 16 carries, 43 yards. He did score, though. Yeah, no. And that the, was the first game without Kaiser. True. True. Uh Miles Sanders, I want to talk more about him because you guys are the highest on him. And the score scares me a little bit here. Green Bay is a lot better than the Eagles. It's a home game. By the way, this is the home team watch party presented by Lowe's so if you want to join us wait, on wait, Twitch. Wait, hold
0: on. What did you say? Back up again? Green Bay is better than the Eagles? Yeah, I want to call CBS Sports Net and tell them to put that on ticker. <laughs> Adam Azer.
2: Packers. <laughs> Better than Eagle, <laughs> yeah. It's a home game for Green Bay, and uh, I I don't know. Look, they've had they've had um, six games where they've won by ten or more points, and even in all six of those games, a running back has had a hundred yards or a touchdown. But only one running back had more than fifty-seven rushing yards, and that was Montgomery last week, because you just don't get a lot of carries in those games. You get the lead running backs had 12, 8, 16, 14, 12, and 11 carries in those games. So you see the point I'm getting at here. I see a path where there's not a lot of carries for for uh, Sanders. Last week, Boston Scott was on the field late in the game when they were chasing points. There's been a horrible connection in the passing game between Wentz and Sanders. It's like, I want to believe in him because he's so good and this defense is so bad against backs. 100 yards or touchdown to a running back in every single game. But I don't know. Tell me why you have faith. And I wish Heath were here because he actually has him 20th and non 20th and PPR 21st and non PPR. You guys have Sanders closer to 12th.
0: I think first off with with all these guys, Carson, um, the four that you mentioned, uh, Sanders, Edward Solaire, Drake and Mostert. You know, we're speaking to probably an audience that has. Maybe the chance to play Devonte Booker, James Robinson, you know, small, small percentage of people I think that can bench these caliber of running backs, you know, Antonio Gibson, obviously is in that mix of somebody who was picked up or drafted later. Um, I, I think you see where I'm getting at Benny Snell, you know, oh, he, you know, just throw
1: Dobbins in there.
0: Dobbins. Sure. You what well, you're I, saying I don't know many people are going to start Dobbins over those guys, but sure.
2: I brought it um, up yesterday, Jamie. It's uh, it was such a bad waiver wire week that this does feel like kind of a dance with who brung you kind of week. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, uh, throwing Alvin Kamara too. He's been bad. Um, yeah. you know, just these guys that you can't, you, you'd like to bench, but I don't know if you can bench. And so. I think for me with Sanders is I'm banking on the matchup. I'm banking on what his workload was the previous two games prior to last week. Um, the Eagles are obviously a mess. Doug Peterson, you know, talking about how the the play calling is going and you know what he's doing in regards to that uh, they are getting Zach Ertz back who's a very good blocking tight end, you know, so that I think will help somewhat of the offensive line. We've talked about this with George Kittle, not being there for the 49ers. We've talked about this with what Gronk has meant as a blocker over the years. Ertz is not at that level, but he's not far off. And so, um, you know, you, you add another piece to the run blocking that hopefully will be there for the Eagles, but, um, it's not going to be easy for miles Sanders, but I'm going to bank on talent and I'm going to bank on how this defense has performed more times than not. And so that's why I'll still start miles Sanders and, you know, maybe have him ranked a little bit too high, but I think, you know, in this case, I hope talent wins out and that the Eagles do stay competitive. Sanders is a big part of that. And, you know, he's, he's excelled in some tough matchups already this season, you know, and I don't think this is a tough one, but tough situation. So hopefully yeah. he takes advantage of it. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, let's uh, promote a few things here. Make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. If you missed the noon show, you can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on your OTT devices. Just go to the CBS Sports app on your smart TV and scroll down until you see the FFT familiar faces. Uh, and Sunday is always a big day. First of all, we got the all the, the tweet storm on Saturday and Sunday with hashtag AskFFT. But 8.30 30 a.m. You're gonna get a fantasy football today in five episode, roughly eight thirty a.m. Uh HQ from ten AM to one PM and Twitch noon Eastern and four PM, the Lowe's Home Team Watch Party presented uh, presented by Lowe's, of course. Uh Packers Eagles. We're having Jordy Nelson and Brian Westbrook join us. Hey. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Be West. Yeah, he used to do some uh, some fantasy stuff with the with the CBS crew back in he the did. day. Yep. All right, news and notes. Josh Jacobs and Nelson Aguilar mispractice. so we previewed this game yesterday. I just gave you those four running backs, Sanders, Mostert, Edward Zelaer, Drake. If Jacobs is out, would you start Booker over any of them, or all of them, some of them? Uh, I haven't fully evaluated it yet, but as of now,
1: not Sanders, but the rest. He'd be in that mix for sure. Um, Chet's run defense actually hasn't been a nightmare and I'm a little worried about the offensive line blocking for him in for, for Vegas. So he's proud. He may be right behind Drake, still a number two running back.
2: Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray practiced in full, which is good. There was this uh, quote and, from, and I would say this, if you're desperate for a receiver back, I'll go pick up Henry rugs. Oh, that yeah. Renfro or rugs. Who would you guys turn to there? I'd probably still lean toward Renfro just
0: because that seems to be a guy that Derek Carr trusts. And you saw last week, you know, seven targets, um, you know, so maybe that's a sign of things come. And just remember how he closed last season. He was uh, a big part of what their offense was. But Henry Ruggs is, wasn't there. And uh, obviously that big play potential is is more in Ruggs' favor than it is for Aguilar. And we saw them try to get Ruggs going a little bit last week indoors against the Falcons. Should have had a touchdown if he kept his feet in bounds.
1: Three deep targets in the game. Aguilar had one that was called back by a penalty. Renfro had one. I, I think that they might try and make it an emphasis to get the ball to rugs this week downfield against the Jets. I would certainly think so that would be the case because the Jets secondary is so bad. But if they can't run the football, it would make sense for Renfro to pick up targets. So I kind of like both of them as sneaky DFS plays. You could potentially stack up the Raiders against the Jets.
0: Okay, yeah, I like and it. I'm just looking for what it's worth. Uh, Devontae Booker's roster percentage is still 52%. So wow. those of you in 10-team in leagues, remember, I mean, people are out of it at this point. So yeah. Uh, those of you in 10-team leagues, go take a look. You know, I mean, like I'll tell you just one thing. I did in a 10-team league. I dropped Giov- Giovanni Bernard for Devontae Booker.
1: Um, you could drop your kicker for Devontae Booker. And if Jacobs is ruled out, you just drop somebody else to Oh find my another gosh, kicker. You,
2: you do. Th- oh, I hate that.
1: Yeah, well, sorry. That's so sorry. dirty, part Dave. Of the strategy.
2: It, that, I'm not endorsing that. There's dirtier that.
1: things that can happen in fantasy football than somebody dropping their kicker. They still got to drop somebody I else.
2: It. I hate what you're doing. I think it's yeah. dirty.
1: Okay. I don't like it.
2: Benny Snell's also only I'll 55%. Do it if you rostered. don't want to
1: cut anybody else on your team until <laughs> Sunday. Dirty.
2: Yeah, Benny Snell's 55%. So, it, yeah, it is that time of year. Earlier in the year, Booker and Snell would be rostered in a lot more leagues. Um, all right. More news, guys. Kyler Murray practicing full. DeAndre Swift, he didn't have the same energy level. According to Adrian Peterson, the concussion really affected him. He's cleared the protocol. We're hoping he plays. If he does play, we're going to preview this game later, but real quick on Swift. If he does play, are you going to feel like he's, you know, are you, is he a confident start for you?
0: If he gets in a yeah. full practice on Friday, then I think you have to buy into him being okay. Um, he's listed on the injury report with an illness, uh, non-COVID related. So, you know, I, I to the symptoms maybe that they were talking about who knows what maybe he's dealing with but if he's out there you got to trust it um, you know maybe not a number one running back like I haven't ranked seventh right now you know so maybe not to that level but again uh, probably better standing than these other guys especially if Akeem Hicks who's practice for the Bears is out that run defense is not the same without him there
1: I, I wonder if AP's comments were misconstrued like he said he had that low energy level and wasn't feeling right and I wonder if people took that I took it as oh it's a side effect of the concussion that he's just not feeling so good. But then he cleared the concussion protocol, like we said. So yeah. I, I i am optimistic if he's there on Sunday, and Akeem Hicks is not, that he can have a very good game.
2: Hicks, though, was limited in practice on Thursday. So he came back. He missed practice Wednesday, but he did practice on Thursday. So that was we'll happy see. for Hicks, disappointed
1: for Swift. I'm, I'm still going to start he's... Swift even if Hicks is there. I just yeah. might not be as bullish on him. Right.
2: All right, uh, Chris Carson was limited in right. practice. Carlos Hyde has not been practicing. So we will talk about that game. Daniel Jones missed practice. We don't expect him. Julio Jones missed practice. Uh There's only been... I got the exact, exact stat later, but there's only been one wide receiver this year who's had seven or more targets against the Saints and not had a good game. And, or not had like 73 yards or a touchdown. And that was Russell Gage. But he actually did end up having, I think, 12 PPR fantasy points because he had a ton of targets. Um, but yeah, so keep that in mind if you're in a deep league, he could be okay because Julio Jones practice and Zacchaeus is on IR. AJ Brown mispracticed with a hip injury. Real quick, are we worried about AJ Brown's status?
1: If he Not missed yet, practice but... on Friday, yeah.
2: Okay. Adam Humphreys returned to practice, that might be a replacement. Has he cleared the protocol yet though?
1: Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he has. Okay. Who is wait a minute. He hasn't which protocol are you talking about? Concussion protocol. Okay, yeah. Okay, I don't know if he has or not. COVID, obviously.
2: Who's playing for
1: Miami? <laughs> quarterback and uh, quarterback. <laughs> quarterback? I think
0: it, yeah. So Tua says he's feeling fine. Flores said he's going to take it to Sunday to make the decision on Tua's health. They say if Tua's healthy, he's going to play. So, you know, I, if I'm a Ryan Fitzpatrick fantasy manager and that's the guy I'm counting on, I'd like to have Mitchell Trubisky as a backup just in case.
1: Yep it there's a site that I look at for sports betting information and they've got Tagovailoa as the starter listed as the starter. So I think the consensus in from the odds makers is that Tagovailoa is going to play.
2: Okay. And how about the running
0: backs for the dolphins? You know, again, they don't have to list miles Gaskin on the injury report because he's still on IR. So it's a little frustrating to know exactly what the status is. And then yesterday they practiced in the bubble. So nobody was allowed to view their practice. So, Uh, As of Wednesday, he was practicing on a limited basis, wearing a sleeve on his knee. Um, They can activate him at any time. You don't know if they're going to save him potentially for next week's game when they have the Chiefs. But Ahmed also practicing on a limited basis. So there were some leagues where Ahmed was dropped. I think you should go check to see if he's available. Um, DeAndre Washington, I believe, still not practicing for the last two days. So if both guys are out in terms of Gaskin and Ahmed and Washington doesn't play, then it's the Matt Breida show again. So. Take a look at Matt Brita, just in case if you're in a deeper league. So it's a little bit of a mess right now. Um, for me, at least, if Gaskin plays, I'm going to start him. If uh, Gaskin's out and Ahmed plays, I'm going to start Ahmed. If those guys are all out, then Matt Brita, I think,
1: is the one you want to look at. Okay. Who is playing for Baltimore, Dave? Well, they're not counting on Lamar Jackson until he's cleared to practice. So once that happens, once he's off the COVID list and they've got three days to do that, um, they're not counting on him, but I think there's a pretty decent chance that he makes it back. Dobbins has been cleared already. Mark Ingram has been cleared already. I don't know the status of Mark Andrews, but I would assume he's almost in the same boat as Lamar Jackson. Those guys Lamar have Jackson
0: cleared from an IR standpoint, though. They are still on IR. So for those of you stashed the Dobbins, COVID you can, list. Even, you can still stash them on IR.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, and then on defense, uh, Brandon Williams is a candidate. He's already been taken off the COVID list, but he's got an injury that he's dealing with. Ankle. And, and uh, Judon and Calais Campbell are still, I believe they're both still on the COVID list. Not they sure are both they're both on the COVID out. list. Okay. All
2: right. That game against Dallas is on the slate on today's show. Josh Gordon for the Seahawks. He will be eligible to play in Week 16 and 17. It'll be nice to see him back. Jonu Smith practice. That's A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith. So if you're a Ryan Tannehill fantasy manager, you might want to make alternate plans here. <clears throat> And Anthony Ferkser, I guess, could be a deep
1: league option. Or Jeff Swaim. They got Swaim involved in the passing game last week.
2: Debo Samuel mispracticed. It was called precautionary. Clyde missed mispracticed with an illness. Zach Ertz was limited in practice. We are ranking him, expecting him to play. Irv Smith mispracticed. Akeem Hicks limited. Fletcher Cox mispracticed. And that would be good news for Aaron Jones, who's been struggling a little bit lately. All hey. right. What's up? Who mispractice? Never mind, Jamie. I said it once. That's all you're
0: getting. Uh Philip Lindsay was limited in practice. Uh yeah, yeah. That's potentially bad news for Melvin Gordon if you were counting on Melvin Gordon this week. If Lindsay yeah, plays, I was Gordon's still in the number two running back mix. But if Lindsay's out, Melvin Gordon can be an absolute star just based on what he's done. He's had, I think, five games with fifteen or more total touches. And in all five of those, I think he scored twelve or more PPR points.
2: Yeah, All right. That's good stuff. Uh, But so is Express. Oh my gosh. This sponsorship has been tremendous, opening my eyes to the wonderful world of Express. And as soon as I saw all the things they had there, I went nuts at Express.com. And this is a great place for holiday shopping. This is the new Express. Comfortable, cozy clothing, quality fabrics, and the designs are great and versatile styles. I mean, look at what I've got so far. I bought a blazer. I bought two ties, three button down shirts, a t shirt, uh, a sweater, uh, I think of maybe socks. Yeah, some a dress socks, that's right. And this shirt, it's the first time I'm wearing it other than when I tried it on. This is part of the Comfort Nick collection. And it is so comfortable. They say it's like wearing your favorite sweats. Yeah, it's like, I'm selling it's like wearing a blanket right now. It's warm. It's just terrific, and uh, I strongly recommend the Lux Comfort Knit Collection. Get on that. So it's all new, it's all about you. They've got styles, they've got fits for everyone. If back in the day you were like, oh, Express doesn't have anything that fits me, wrong. They've changed, it's better. They got men's clothing, they've got women's clothing, they've got accessories, they've got so much. Just go to Express.com and check it out. And this is, like I said, it's holiday time, you're looking for stuff to buy, you're not gonna believe the prices on Express. So affordable, such great stuff, and I absolutely love it. Go to Express.com right now and check it out. They've got great holiday deals buy online, pick it up in the store get it delivered, whatever you need to do alright, this this week is going to be a reckoning for the NFC East they are going to get their butts kicked the NFC East teams are playing Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Baltimore and Seattle good luck to all of you um, let's do beat the waiver wire there's uh, Cam Akers 68% rostered mentioned Benny Snell, might want to just get him um, Devontae Booker you never know, but Cam Akers maybe he emerges some DSTs. Carolina gets Denver. You got the Dallas-Cincinnati game. I don't know if you want to trust the DST. Oh, that game has to be played, really? I don't know. That-
1: Eddie Dalton Bowl.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Tennessee is at Jacksonville. Arizona's at the Giants next week. Green Bay is at Detroit. San Francisco's against Washington. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Eh. I love the way the Niners defense played last week. They're getting healthier. And Kinlaw is starting to make some big plays, they uh, they could end up finishing very strong this year.
2: I didn't even check their roster percentage. Let's see what we got. They are... I think they're pretty high. 51%, so oh, okay. you can go get them. Um, Phillip Rivers at Las Vegas could work for you. Hmm. Green Bay's playing Detroit, so maybe Alan Lazard or MVS. Not a bad idea to just stash Kiki QT if you can, see what happens this week, or Coulter, right? Is that who you've been touting?
1: Coulter and Keeper Leagues for sure.
2: And that's Colin basically. Also.
1: If Chark and Conley remain out, then Colin Johnson absolutely is on that list.
2: And uh, San Francisco running back situation—I don't know. I mean, Jeff Wilson got a ton of work. Tevin Coleman's back. I, my guess is if those guys are relevant, that's a bad thing because most of it's not going away. Right. Let's do the startle meter here. For the last three games, we're going to preview Giants and Seahawks. Any Giants that you're confidently starting.
1: Evan Ingram just because of his position. And Wayne Gallman just by default is a top
0: twenty four running back. Yeah, I don't love Wayne Gallman this week because of the quarterback situation. And he's gonna need to score, which is obviously something he's done. But I think the touchdown streak ends this week and the production goes south as
1: well. Are you starting him or Duke Johnson? Uh I would start Duke in PPR. Okay. okay. We 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 disagree on that one. But I'm just not a Duke Johnson fan, I guess. But I, 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 they're both low-end number two running backs. I, I don't feel great about Wayne Gallman either. You're
2: going to start Zach Ertz, Kyle Rudolph, or Evan Ingram?
1: Ingram. Uh, Ingram.
2: Okay. Uh, how about for Seattle? You know... I mean, the Giants have had a pretty solid defense. I, I do think they might get exposed this week because this is a much tougher matchup than what they normally get. But they did they did all right against Pittsburgh. They held Pittsburgh under their season scoring average. They held uh, Tampa Bay under their season scoring average. So they did a respectable job against those two teams. Did really well against the Rams. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough spot. But, but anyway, like Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson. everybody starting Metcalf. Lockett and Wilson, how confident are you in them?
0: Wilson's still very confident. I'm not going to uh, worry about him. And Lockett is still a number two wide receiver. It's uh, you know, there's, there's always the opportunity for him to have a breakout play, breakout game. Um, You know, so I'm not going to get cute with Tyler Lockett, but he's obviously frustrating. And then the running backs are, you know, it's kind of, they're, they're tied to each other to a certain extent. If Carlos Hyde is out, then Chris Carson, hopefully will be a monster. Um, I don't like the fact that Carson's still limited in practice, you know, so clearly he's not a hundred percent. He's dealing with that foot injury. Uh, he had the wrong, the, the strong touchdown run mm-hmm. um, last yeah. week, which was great and looked like Chris Carson, but for whatever reason, Seattle is probably being a little cautious with him as they're looking ahead to the playoffs, knowing that he's, you know, a little injury prone. Um, so I think for Carson, if, if Hyde is out, then he's, easy to say he's got top 10 potential. If Hyde does play, then, you know, you got to, I think, look at Carson
1: Mora as a strong number two running back. I feel the exact same way about Tyler Lockett as I do Wayne Goldman. Someone that I'm totally fine starting, but I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to come through for a big game, especially in PPR. I would take the 49ers receivers ahead of Lockett this week.
2: There are 30 wide receivers that are currently averaging 14 or more PPR fantasy points. So I use that as a barometer for like, oh, okay, you could start that guy. And only once this year have multiple wide receivers scored 14 PPR fantasy points or more against the Giants. And that was, of course, the Washington football team with McLaurin and Cam Sims. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Next game is the Dallas-Baltimore game. Yeah, this is the Excuse toughest me. game to preview because Baltimore is I, I don't know who's we don't know who's playing for them. But who are you confidently starting in this
1: game? J.K. Dobbins for sure. I think last week proved that Gus Edwards isn't even trusted as the lead back for them. He didn't get a ton of carries. And I know it was Pittsburgh and then the defense showed up as opposed to the last time those two teams met, but I bet they can't wait to get J.K. Dobbins back on the field. And I bet the Cowboys are not going to be pleased one bit with him being back on the field. So I would imagine that his workload would be very strong and he's got a chance to give you a lot of fantasy points this week, well over 12 in PPR leagues, for example. Yeah. I, I'd I like him. Start,
0: I'd be starting Dobbins as a low end number two running back. I think they're still, you know, look, you got to throw out last week's game. They didn't have their quarterback. They didn't have you know, their starting center. Their offensive line was a disaster. Everything was a mess for the Ravens, their tight end was out, you know, it was just, everything was, was a total disaster. And then, you know, facing Pittsburgh. So um, I hope it's what we saw from Dobbins in his previous game when he had 17 total touches, but you have Edwards still there. You have obviously Mark Ingram was going to come back as well. So is Dobbins going to just step into that? It's the same thing that Jonathan Taylor, you know, are they both going to step into what their roles were in the last time we saw them, or is it going to be more of what the season has been mostly for Dobbins, obviously. So I'm hopeful. But confident, no.
2: Okay, yeah. Dave is the high guy on Dobbins this week for sure. Dobbins or Mostert? Dobbins. Dobbins or Taylor? Taylor. Dobbins. All right. So, yeah, you see, it the, is difference, easy. You see the difference there. Look, If Dobbins does get like 15 carries, he's probably going to have a huge game because the Cowboys suck. Yeah, it's a big if, though. I mean, we just haven't right. seen that from them. And then in terms of the Cowboys, well, uh, okay, Marquise Brown. The Cowboy. If he's the only guy, if Andrews is out and and Snead is out, you got to at least think about Marquise Brown. Absolutely. And what about Cooper and Zeke?
1: I I'm okay with Cooper as a number two receiver in PPR. Zeke, I've I've I can't remember the last time I've ranked him this low. Maybe in like a week seventeen where I wasn't sure if he was even going to play something like that. I'm worried that he may not get the type of workload that he's been getting because he's he's fumbled the ball away as many times as he's rushed for a touchdown this year. Wow. Five of each. It's rough. I, uh, I, I'm I nervous that Pollard can end up taking some work away from him. And the offensive line's an absolute nightmare.
0: Mm. Yeah, Dobbins should be better than Zeke. So I have them, uh, like, Dobbins 22 and Zeke 24.
2: Yeah. Heath has Zeke 9. So you guys are much lower on Ezekiel Elliott. And Cooper is a number 2 or number 3? Like, San Francisco wide receivers
1: or Cooper? San Francisco so Cooper. wide receivers.
2: All right, Jamie says Cooper. Dave says uh, you can Debo. and Debo. Yeah, then- Jimmy Smith left that game last week. I don't know how healthy he'll be. Uh,
0: Marcus Peters hasn't been playing well the last couple of weeks. You know, so Humphrey's going to make things tough on these guys, but he's all by himself at this point, potentially, in terms of how he's playing. Um, you know, especially if Judon's not there, you know, Clay's Campbell's not there. You know, we'll see how this defense looks. So I, I still think Cooper, you know, has proven himself to be heavily targeted, and he's the, in my opinion, safest wide receiver in this game.
1: Jacksonville, Minnesota. I agree with that. Yeah, safest receiver
2: in the game for sure. Jacksonville, Minnesota. Easy. Start Robinson
1: and all the Vikings, basically. Pretty much. Yep. I kind of like Tyler Eifert. I, I he should have had two touchdowns last week. He did have one. It was actually a great throw from Mike Lennon for for the first touchdown. And uh, he's had at least four targets in each. I think of his like past six games, he's been like on fire in that regard. He's been getting the work. And the Vikings have allowed eleven or more PPR points to a tight end in six of seven games, where a tight end's had four or more targets.
2: Oh, four or more? Okay, yeah. Both both tight ends are facing teams that give up points without a lot of targets to tight ends because they're mm-hmm. yeah. That's the Jacksonville. I mean, you can get three targets, score a touchdown. It happens a lot to, against Jacksonville. So who's the best tight end in this game then, Rudolph or Eifert? Oh, it's Rudolph. Okay, all right, absolutely. Um, Rams at Cardinals. That's our first game. A lot, of, it's a lot here. Stat of the game number one. Robert Woods has five games this year with fewer than 40 yards. Cooper Cup has five games with 50 or fewer yards. So a little bit worse for Woods than Cup. Woods is top 12 in both formats. Cup is um, top 26 in both formats. But, you know, they're frustrating. They're annoying. I imagine you're just starting them, though. They're better on the road than they are at home. I you know I don't really buy that because golf golf's thing his for most of his career was he was better at home right and this year all of a sudden he's better on the road. Oh, I don't know about him necessarily being better
0: on the road. I mean, his, some of his worst games have come on the road, but those guys have performed well on the road.
2: I think I think some of his best. You know, let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you something about Jared. Goff. Oh boy, I tried. This is what I this is what I try to do. I try to find why. You know, we will tell you the what. In terms of rankings, I'm trying to help with the why. I can't find a why for Jared Goff. You know, for example, like when when is he going to have a good game? Uh is you know the MO on him. When he's under pressure, he stinks. But three of his four best games have come against teams that are top ten in pressure rate. Uh is it score? Sometimes when he's been good, they've given up a lot of points and he's had to throw. Is it lack of running game? Sometimes when he's been good, they've run the ball well, and sometimes they haven't. There is no consistency. There is no predictability. I cannot stand Jared Goff. He is impossible to evaluate. Okay, thank
0: He's you. been very turnover-prone, um, you know, multiple turnovers the last several weeks as well. He's just not playing very consistent football, um, you know, uh, especially fantasy-wise. You know, like the game against Seattle, he played really well. He threw for over 300 yards, but they ran three touchdowns in, you know, so that hurt his production in that game. Then he comes back the following week and he has three touchdowns, but he had two interceptions on top of it. So he's just not consistent at this point. And so I think just looking at it, anytime he has uh, a somewhat difficult matchup, you got to avoid it. If he has a favorable matchup, you could somewhat buy into it, but he's in that gray area of, if you don't have to start him, don't start him.
2: Okay. But yeah, yeah, I won't spend much time on golf because we have more important players to think about, but he has four games this year with twenty eight to thirty fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Four huge games and now I'm checking. All of them were on the road. At Philadelphia, at Buffalo, at Washington, at Tampa Bay, and he is Right. At he also Arizona. has one of
0: his worst games on the road is at Miami.
2: I know, but, but he hasn't had one good game at home and he's had four great games on the road. Um all right, so that's that. Let's so let's stick with the Rams here. We're not starting golf. Um the running backs is Akers just Wait and see, or like as a flyer or what?
1: He's far more of a wait and see than a guy that you should confidently start. You can't have confidence in starting him, but he looked a lot better than Daryl Henderson last week. I know the stats obviously say that, but if you go back and you watch, Henderson looks like he's regressed. It looks like he's bumping back into the butts of his offensive lineman. He's running to contact. Doesn't seem to have very good vision. Akers has better vision. I love the physicality on the two runs after the 61-yard run that he had. That's what set them up in the red zone, and then he scored two plays later. I think that he, he he's looking more and more like the guy that we saw at Florida State. Uh, I think that the last week's game was a perfect example, and he got all of his work in the second half, and Henderson played the first half, and I think he played like six snaps in the second half. Like They just got away from Daryl Henderson last week, and Acres got on the field. So I can't help but believe that Akers will keep it going and have the opportunity this week. Now, he's not going to play a lot of third downs because that's Malcolm Brown. But maybe he's their guy in the red zone. He's had two red zone touchdowns each of the past two games, and he scored the goal line jobber last week. That wasn't Malcolm Brown in there. It was him. Okay. So I'm, I, I'm absolutely stashing him. I'm trying to get him in as many leagues as I can. And I would start him if I was really desperate at running back this week.
2: Okay. Would you start Frank Gore or Cam Akers?
1: I would rather start Gore because I love his matchup and I love the opportunities he's been getting.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, wide receivers, Woods and Cup, number two guys? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. We'll compare them with some others as we go through the show. Would, well, I'll do it right now. Would you start um, David Montgomery or one of those Rams receivers? Montgomery. Montgomery. Okay. Would you start uh, Ezekiel Elliott or a Rams receiver? Rams Rams. I'm assuming we're not starting a Rams tight end. No. Okay. Let's talk about Kyler Murray, guys. Yes, the story I sent, uh story uh, from ESPN.com, really good breakdown. It was like, have teams figured out Kyler Murray. So one thing they're doing is they're forcing him to hand the ball off on the, on the read options, on the zone reads. And uh, another thing they're doing is blitzing the hell out of him to get the ball out of his hand quickly. Four teams, four straight teams, I believe, have blitzed like 35% Uh, or more of his dropbacks and the Rams don't blitz a lot, but neither did the Patriots and they blitz a ton against Kyler Murray. So that's helping that's working. Uh, How do you feel about him and who are some guys that you might start over him this week that ordinarily you would not?
0: The only one would be Herbert for me, but I could see Tannehill or maybe cousins or maybe Fitzpatrick, you know, if you want to go that route, but you know, the last thing you want to do with a guy like Kyler is bench him and watch him go off because he's that type of player. So uh, I would imagine Cliff Kingsbury is going back to the drawing board a little bit and trying to be more creative in how he's getting Kyler opportunities, maybe some more design runs. So that's the key. If he's running, he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. If he's not running like we've seen the last two weeks, then you're going to be
1: disappointed. So if you want to trust some of these other guys, go ahead. I certainly get it, but I'm going to stick with Kyler. I'm going to play the hot hand, not only with Herbert, but also Kirk Cousins ahead of Kyler Murray, because I, I'm a little worried about what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Really, it, it, my eyes open when he hurt his shoulder. That he wasn't throwing downfield much. He had five deep pass attempts last week against the Patriots. Only one of them completed. And now he's taking on the Rams. And we know what this defense is capable of doing to quarterbacks. So I'm nervous about using Kyler. I'm kind of nervous about having him as a top 10 quarterback this week. But I can't find a lot of other quarterbacks that I would confidently start ahead of him.
2: The Rams give up the fewest points to quarterbacks, the fewest yards per attempt. They've held Dak Prescott to 19 points, Russell Wilson to 9 points, Tom Brady to 16 points. Two quarterbacks have had good games. Josh Allen scored 38 points, and Jimmy Garoppolo scored 28 points. But for the most part, I mean, this is, this is on paper, the worst matchup. They give up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, we talked about Kenyon Drake. He needs to score. He's a number two running back. Chase Edmonds
1: is a sit, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, at best, a low-end number three running back in PPR.
2: And then DeAndre Hopkins... You know, should this be an automatic here? Because he's, you know, he's had, like I said, you take away the Hail Mary catch. He's been terrible. It's four straight games without a touchdown if you take away that catch. And in those four games, 30 yards, 85, 51, and 55.
1: Uh, So is he an automatic start? He's not. He's outside of the top 12, but still in the top 20. I think that he can still find a way to get a lot of targets and catches. It depends on what the Rams do. If they stick Jalen Ramsey on him, will Kyler Murray be confident enough to throw him ten passes over the course of the game? We've seen quarterbacks shy away from that matchup, and is he going to score? Um, he hasn't really done a lot of that lately, except for the Hail Mary. So I'm, I, I I'm more nervous about him in non PPR than I am in full PPR. But there's certainly a lot of evidence over the last month that really you can't love what you're getting out of DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Uh, I, again, you know, we could sit here and say. So we're blue in the face. Don't start DeAndre Hopkins. His start percentage is 98%. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, no, I know. But still, like... He's if, not a DFS
0: if, play. He's not somebody that you, you know... It, it's 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 Alvin Kamara. It's Kyler Murray. It's DeAndre Hopkins. It's Tyler Lockett. It's these players who you've drafted to be starters that there's a small percentage of people that have options that they feel more comfortable with or are willing to bench these guys for. And so um, you just got to either, A, take your lumps and stick with the guy who got you here or be, be creative with your line. Like don't start Rashad Perryman over DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you know, that don't start Nelson Aguilar over DeAndre Hopkins. What? You
2: know. No. Well, well, have. but okay. But no, what about, what about the running backs? You know, what about David Montgomery? What about DeAndre Swift? Sure,
0: you, if you have two great receivers and you have to put one of the third, your third great receiver in a flex typically. Yes. In 10 team leagues, can you get away from DeAndre Hopkins? Probably so. But in 12 team leagues are hard or, or larger. It's hard to do that. Three that's, receivers. is the that,
1: nature of, of what we do. Three receivers that you might have drafted significantly later than Hopkins. Devontae Parker, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, all better. I like them better. I, I don't know if I'll feel that way about Parker if two is under center. But okay. like those those are three. And I think Brandon Cooks could be a fourth. Outside yeah. of that, I don't think there's a lot of guys that you can look at and say, yeah, oh yeah, I mean, gotta again, start him ahead.
0: There there's there's a small percentage of people that can bench DeAndre Hopkins. I wish we could have better conversations about this because we could, you know, spend a lot of time about not just Hopkins, but all these guys, all these guys that have been struggling or in some sure. crappy situations, you know, but the the last thing you want to see is DeAndre Hopkins catch a Hail Mary and you go, why the hell did I bench DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah. Well, sure. if
2: he catches a
1: Hail it's Mary. One of those things. <laughs> yeah. You might not say that, but if he catches two touchdowns, then obviously you would, I think it's a lot easier That'd to get away from Christian Kirk, for example.
2: Yeah. Kirk is a sit, right? Yeah. Okay. Kirk is an easy sit. Yeah. All right. And the Rams DST is seventh for Jamie, fourth for Dave, eighth for Heath. And that's the end of that chapter. Philadelphia at Green Bay. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, I already gave a stat of the game here. The Green Bays won six games by double digits, and running backs lead running backs have had 12, 8, 16, 14, 12, and 11 carries. It's a, it's, a scary, it's a scary number there for Sanders, and only one running backs had more than 57 rushing yards in those games. But you guys talked about it, you're confident in him. This is one of the best matchups you can get. You guys are sitting Carson Wentz. He's outside the top 20. You're starting Miles Sanders. I'm going to assume you are not sitting any Philadelphia wide receivers. Not starting. Correct. You are not starting any Philadelphia wide receivers. Correct. If you are playing me, I hope you are starting Philadelphia wide receivers. Correct. Uh, correct. All right. So with with Zach, let's assume Zach Ertz plays. Talk, talk to me about Goddard and Ertz. And, uh, you know, look, the the Packers, they give up the ninth fewest points to tight ends, but they haven't. They usually don't do that well against the good ones. They're probably not that good against tight ends. So Goddard and Ertz, Jamie, what do you think? I'm still starting Goddard for one more week just
0: to see what happens. You know, we, we've seen enough of a pattern, even from this team in particular, when a guy comes back off of injury. There's a little bit of a lull, and how he shakes off the rust. And so um, Ertz, hopefully, will get for those of you starting him. You know, five to seven targets. I hope that's the case for him. But I don't think they're going to go away from Dallas Goddard because a he's their future. I don't think Zach Ertz is coming back next year. And he's been playing so well the last couple of weeks. I mean, you see what Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz is doing. Even when he's making poor decisions, he's doing it because he's looking for Dallas Goddard. And so (laughs) I'll still stick with him for this week as a top five tight end. But next week will be the interesting one if Ertz comes off this game with a strong performance. So Ertz is a low-end starter at best. Goddard's still a a must play. And hopefully he still continues to get six-plus targets and 70-plus yards with a chance to score.
2: Okay, and... Would you start Goddard or Hawkinson? That's the one
0: switch I made since Ertz came back was I originally had Goddard ranked ahead of Hawkinson and I put Hawkinson ahead of Goddard.
1: Bears have been terrible against tight ends. Yeah, that's Hawkinson's matchup. Would you start Ertz
2: or Rudolph? Ertz. I'm sorry, Rudolph. Excuse me. I I was thinking
1: Goddard for a second. We're assuming Irv Smith is going to be out, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as that's the case, Rudolph. Right.
2: It's contingent on Ertz. Ertz.
1: Okay.
2: And I I brought this up on, on Twitch yesterday for anyone who was watching. The Rudolph thing, sorry to transition to a different game, is it is Herb Smith really what matters here, or is Thielen what matters? Because, you know, Thielen was out last week, obviously, and he's back. And Thielen gets basically all of their red zone and green zone targets. He's got eight more red zone targets than anyone else on the team. Um, so, I don't know. I don't want to fall into a trap with... I love the matchup, though, for Rudolph. It's a trap. It's a trap? A Star Wars. Um, oh. I think the thing with
0: uh, Rudolph with Irv Smith is the two games that Irv Smith has missed. One of them was stealing was out. Uh, But in both those games, Rudolph has four catches for 63 yards. He fumbled in one, you know, so take that into account. It was against the bears uh, the first meeting for those two teams. Uh, But it's not just that it's the fact that they're playing the Jaguars. They stink, you know? So if they were playing a tougher competition, if, if he was playing facing tougher competition, then okay, maybe you start Rudolph, but it's the matchup on top of the fact that he's got five plus targets in those two games that Irv Smith has been out. And I think that's what he'll be. I think he's got a chance to score. So is Rudolph a, the same slam dunk that he was when we talked about this on Tuesday when Adam Thielen was still on the cover list? No, by no means. But now, still, when you look at the tight end landscape, he's still a potential starter. It just depends on what you're looking for for your team.
2: Okay, Aaron Rodgers is a top four quarterback. Start him up. And Aaron Jones. So how are you guys feeling about him right now? He's had four disappointing games in a row since coming back from injury. In those games, he's averaged 3.9, 3.5, 4.1 yards per carry, and then 5.3 last week against the Bears when they didn't have their best run stuffer. And the Eagles have a terrific run defense, one of the best in football. Um, they do struggle. No, that, Sorry, they're um, they're good in the passing game, too. Go ahead, Dave.
1: There's only been three games this year where a running back hasn't scored on Philadelphia. <laughs> they give up so those I, shots. I'm, just, I'm hoping that that's Aaron Jones. I'm hoping that he finds the end zone. He's been he's been all right. We're looking for a big game from him, but it does feel like Aaron Rodgers knows a that his team is in contention for the number one seed in the NFC. Two, he's in contention for the MVP. And I would I would imagine that they're going to continue to lean on Aaron Rodgers as the offensive focal point. Remember last year it wasn't a lot of Rodgers; it was a lot of the run game. Yeah, they they seem to go with what's working. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is working. So I, I think you start Aaron Jones as a number one running back just because it's Philadelphia and they do allow a slew of touchdowns. But it's, it, it, he hasn't been great. It's true.
2: Okay, if we look at the, at the other Packers in this game, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we'll do Tunyon separately. Who do you think is is um, a worthwhile flex out of the you know, Williams, Lazard, MVS? Lazard.
1: Okay, I kind of like them both as low end flexes, but I think one is safe and one is boomer bust. Who both? Receivers? Lazard is the safe one.
2: I'm sorry. Are you talking about Jamal Williams or MVS? I'm talking about MVS, okay. and I'm
1: talking about Lazard.
2: Yeah, I knew Lazard.
1: All right, all right. Lazard is safe. Might be able to get you 10 or 11 PPR points. Valdez scaling, will either get you all of the PPR points or none of the PPR points. And I'm, I'm not a believer in the Philadelphia secondary uh, last for last week. Was weird because he scored
0: the touchdown early in the game. Then he got banged up and the score was just completely out of whack. They didn't. So need he didn't need to, need to be, be out, out there. Now. Right. So he's played now five games this season. He's got 12 or more PPR points in three of them. And one of those was the first game back you know, after the, the long layoff. So factor that into the equation. I think this is a, a good matchup for him. I think they're going to still be able to throw. Dave's right. They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. Um, I think Lazard's going to have another opportunity to score in this matchup. So he's a borderline starter for me.
2: All right. And Robert Tunyon is top 10 for you guys. He's behind Kyle Rudolph and Eric Ebron, but he's ahead of Zach Ertz. You can start him. And uh, yeah, he's he's been playing pretty well lately. How-
1: he's been playing well. The matchup isn't great. The Eagles have only allowed one touchdown to a tight end in their last seven games.
2: So why are you starting him as a tight end? Because he's getting guy?
1: targets and he's he's got an opportunity to get you some numbers.
2: Packers DST is top six. And we'll see. They have a terrible pass rush,
1: but that does that
2: let's see what happens here. Yeah. I, I don't, is, I, don't I don't know if that's team.
1: really gonna matter. Right. Because that offensive line really of looked
2: better last week. Packers
0: pass rush looked better last week. They moved some things around. They're moving to Darius Smith inside. Uh Preston Smith was moving around as well. Yeah. When those guys get going, they're gonna be a problem for Carson Wentz. But I think most people are a
2: problem for Carson Wentz this week. <laughs> Carson Wentz is a problem for Carson Wentz. Buffalo at San Francisco on Monday. Josh Allen. All right. We talked about Kyler Murray a little earlier. We talked about Russell Wilson. How confident are you in Josh Allen?
0: Still a top 10 quarterback and still potential top five.
2: Well, not potential. I mean, you guys have him ranked in the top five. Well, I mean, how'll finish? Yeah, but you like your ranking suggests quite confident. Fourth for both of you, third
0: for Heath. Well, I mean, think about some of the quarterbacks we've talked about. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm not benching Josh Allen for Kirk Cousins. I'm not benching him for uh, Ryan Tannehill. I'm not benching him for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, there's still always the upside of him because of his running. And, you know, he hasn't been great without John Brown. We know that. we talked about that quite a bit. But I still think this is, while San Francisco's defense has gotten better, they had two weeks to prepare for their matchup last week. We'll see how they do coming back this week. Uh, They're, you know, going through their displacement. The Bills were always going on the road, just a matter of where their plane lands now. So, you know, you hear Kyle Shanahan talking about the psyche of the team. I hope things are fine for them. But... I still think this is a matchup that you're not benching Josh Allen for. You know, this is a very interesting two-week stretch for p- people that are going to be playing the first round of the playoffs because Josh Allen goes San Francisco-Pittsburgh back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And so if he comes out of this game with a strong performance, you're going to feel great about it. If he comes out of this game with a bad performance, you're going to be a little bit concerned. And you can't really worry about the fact that he didn't have a huge game last week. Cole Beasley threw a touchdown in that game. You know, he had uh, a couple drops in that game. Um, I-, I think this is a, a, a still a win- winnable enough performance matchup for Josh Allen to have a good performance that you're going to still keep him in your starting line.
2: Okay. And and I'll make you even more encouraged about Josh Allen last week. He only threw 24 times and the bills had a surprisingly good running game last week. Um, They ran very effectively against the chargers. The 49ers have a very good run defense. So you wouldn't expect that. And you'd expect more than 24 pass attempts. So you see a hope for it. And you look at like the must start quarterbacks against San Francisco, Kyler Murray, 28 points, um, Fitzpatrick, thirty-three; Russell Wilson, thirty-six; Aaron Rodgers, thirty-six. They've been crappy against the I like best. I Fitzpatrick
0: in that
1: category. Yeah, well, yeah, right. I was just
2: I was just scanning and I saw the yeah. points, but <laughs> the must-start quarterbacks
1: have, have torched um, San Francisco. It, but were they the same defense for those matchups as they are now? They're still missing for example, so
2: many guys. Right, the Miami but, game. I think wasn't Boston still healthy? I maybe no, he, no, he got hurt in the Jets
1: game. game. Did he? Aaron, okay, yeah. that's what it was. He, it was close to that, but. Not having him has obviously hurt them, but getting Richard Sherman back is going to help. And I just think overall, they're starting to mesh. That's what I saw last week. Against well, but
2: Rams. to the weeks, the two weeks before that, it was the Packers of the Seahawks and they got destroyed. Yeah, but Sherman didn't play in those games. Sherman didn't point. play in I those think games, the one thing about it is,
0: again, the front they, they, was had, good. they had two weeks to prepare for a must-win game against a division opponent. And so now they got to go with the whole no plane in San Francisco. They're starting their stretch run a plane in Arizona. I mean, football players are and I don't think that really matters much. But again, it's just something to factor in when you start to look at the whole big you know, picture of, of all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is good. It's a very good defense. But you New made the, 49ers? the best point, Adam, that it's their run defense. Their run defense is key. And will they make the Bills one-dimensional enough that things struggle, break down for Josh Allen? The the flip side of that is the Bills have been so one-dimensional all season, they're used yep. to playing that way. So <laughs> yeah, I think you're still going to start Josh Allen. Hopefully he runs enough. He tends to step up in big spots. You know, we've seen him in some primetime games over the last couple of seasons where he's played big. So I'm going to buy into Josh Allen still as a good quarterback.
2: Okay. What does that mean for the rest of the Bills? Is Stefan Diggs the only guy you're you're confident in? I'll go back to Beasley as a number three
1: receiver.
0: Not not confidently, but I'll still go back to him. You know, I mean, I think, again, when they're throwing a lot, without John Brown there, he's been great.
1: I like Gabriel Davis in DFS. He'll be somebody in my uh, showdown lineup. Okay.
2: And uh, let's do some Cole Beasley's, Cole Beasley or Brashad Perryman.
0: Beasley and PPR. I have Perryman higher.
2: Cole Beasley or Michael Pittman.
1: Beasley and PPR. I have Pittman higher. Debo. Debo. Oh, Debo for sure. Ayuk.
0: Ayuk for sure. Well, Debo's got to play. Obviously, got to make sure he's okay.
2: Um, we're sitting the Bills running backs, right? You should. Sit Nick Mullins, start Raheem Mostert, talk extensively about him at the beginning of the show. And then, yeah, let's talk. How about Ayuk and, and Debo here? Um, Dave, you seem to like them both quite a bit. Who do you like better?
1: I like Debo a little bit better just because of the high catch rate and just the way that they use him in the offense. And I think that he'll be a bigger problem for the Bills defense than Ayuk will be because Ayuk is a little bit more of that traditional type of receiver for them. Whereas Debo is getting these pop passes and screens and flares and, Kind of like a, a half running back, half wide receiver. All right. So as long as he keeps getting these opportunities, I would imagine he's in the neighborhood of seven targets in the game. He can be, he can be fine. He'd probably catch all seven of them. <laughs> That'll help provide a nice safe floor in PPR if he can break a couple of plays. Absolutely, he'll be a. I'm I'm monster. fascinated to see how this is going to go
0: because first time that they're together without George Kittle. I
2: don't think I. I feel like the New England game, right? Or no? Oh, Kittle got hurt in that game. Or he played that game. He played in that game? Okay. Kittle uh, got hurt in the Seattle game. The so, second. pardon me for asking, but sh- did I overlook Nick Mullins? Because you, guys, if you guys both no, have... No,
1: I, I like him as a, as a set number two quarterback. Yeah, you yeah, he's, have a he, he's, he's
2: not bad for the showdown. He's
0: not bad for mm-hmm. um, you know, quarterback or super flex leagues. So, you should check, take a look to see if he was dropped, which understandably so. I'm sure he was. Um... He's behind, you know, like when we went into Tuesday and the list of quarterbacks that I gave you of Fitzpatrick and Rivers and Baker and obviously Trubisky, because um, you can't forget Trubisky. Uh, okay. He's behind that group, but he, you know, I probably should have put him on the list. Okay.
2: Uh, wrapping up here, would you start Ayuk or Reed against, uh, over, Ayuk or Reed, I'll get to read in a second. Ayuk or Debo over um, Amari Cooper?
0: Yes. Uh, no, I'd start Cooper over those guys.
2: Um, Frank Gore or Ayuk or no.
1: Debo? No, Niners guy. Okay, I'd, I'd take the upside of the Niners guy. It's an easy answer in PPR, but even in non PPR, I think the Niners receivers. Yeah, are right.
0: Adam, I'm just looking at Kittle's game long. He played the New England game, which was Week Seven. Okay, then Week Eight is when uh, Kittle got hurt, but I think Samuel got hurt in Week Seven against the Patriots. Jordan Reed, starter sit. With Matt Milano back, I think you have to sit him. If Milano does stay out one more game, then he becomes a little bit more viable. The fact that he had six targets last week is encouraging. Six targets each of his last two games. He didn't play well last week, but the game before that, I think he had five catches. So, you know, Reed would be a a more interesting streamer if Matt Milano's out. He's just such a good defender of tight ends.
2: Yeah, he really is. All right, uh, something to keep an eye on in this game. The Bills' defense is getting better, it seems, and if they get Milano back, let's see. Maybe they can really become a complete team and a real contender here. Um, be interesting to, to get the reaction to that. We'll see on Monday night. We're going to take a that, quick break. I'll, I'll
0: tell you, they come out of both both these teams come out of their week 13-game uh, healthy. Pittsburgh-Buffalo is going to be a fun one to yes. watch. Mm-hmm.
2: Terrific. Uh, yeah. All right, so we, uh, we'll take a quick break here, come back and talk about the rest of the slate.
1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: A rematch, New Orleans at Atlanta. Uh, Okay, are we confident in any running back in this game against two of the better run defenses in football?
1: You're going to start Kamara. There's not enough evidence to say that you absolutely positively have to sit him down. You just can't look at him as a top five running back. Gurley, if he plays, yeah. You know, you're crossing your <laughs> no. fingers and hoping he scores. It didn't no. happen the last time these two teams he played. He was horrible. Yeah. So you should try to get away from Gurley.
2: Yeah. No, the Saints haven't given up a touchdown to a rushing touchdown to a running back since week four. Uh, and, and they're going for 50. We're going for 50? 50, 50, 50 straight. straight. games without a 100 yard yeah, rusher if amazing. they
0: do it this week in and the they, regular season. And who was the last
2: guy to get it?
0: Samaje Ryan yeah, that's right, of the Washington football team. I
2: mean, I'm this so is not a football. this is not a DFS game to target, folks. These defenses are playing pretty well, especially New Orleans. They've won eight in a row, and uh, t- let's talk about Taysom Hill versus Matt Ryan. How do you guys see this one? If Matt Ryan
0: has Julio Jones, it's obviously closer. But you know what Taysom's going to give you from a rushing standpoint as a floor. Forget about the touchdowns. You know he'll give you thirty to fifty rushing yards because he's shown you that now in two straight games. So you know, if he's going to run with the chance to score one touchdown and the last time these two teams met, if that's the only thing you're going by, because I think they really were so scaled back last week against Denver that, you know, he'd probably be in the neighborhood of 25 passes, 20, 25 passes again. And if he can get 200 yards passing and 50 yards rushing, you know, if he gets you a couple touchdowns on that, he'll be good. If he doesn't, then he's going to be bad. You know, so he's a low end starter for me. I would start Cousins over him, Tannehill over him, Fitzpatrick over him if he starts, Um, Big Ben, you know, those type of guys. Trubisky? I'm sorry, Trubisky.
1: I'm not. I there have yet. Trubisky
0: over him. Chubisky's uh, you know, track record against Detroit makes me a little bit more confident. Detroit's defense makes me a little bit more confident. Um, you know, like we said, this is really the, the the one game where the Falcons' defense tripped up since Raheem Morris has taken over. You know, they've and been tell really you- solid with him running the show. Now that's weird because he was a defense coordinator, but um, this this unit has played great, and we saw last week that they were awesome against a good Raiders team coming in based on what the Raiders have done. So uh, in their building, they're better. Um, I just don't think it's, uh, like, in terms of Trubisky and, and, and Taysom Hill, um, you, you kind of know Taysom Hill has to run, and whatever you get throwing the ball on top of it is a bonus. Trubisky, you know, he'll at least have a little bit
1: more competency throwing the ball, which the is Falcons, strange Falcons tried doing some different things defensively against Taysom Hill the first time, and it didn't work out for him. Uh, usually they play a lot of zone. And that's what the Broncos did against Taysom Hill last week, and he struggled against it. I, I, I'm i nervous about Taysom Hill, and I might get to the point where I'll take Trubisky ahead of him. I certainly think Trubisky has more upside than Taysom Hill. And I it really could be just as simple as double-team the heck out of Michael Thomas and then just make that great run defense show up against Taysom Hill and try and focus those front seven to try and corral him a little bit. Because he did not throw the ball nearly as well last week as he did two weeks before.
2: Okay, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Are there any? Would you start Kareem Hunt over Kamara? I originally had it ranked that way. I switched it after our
0: show yesterday. But I mean, they're they're you know they're 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 kind of similar. Um, you'd know, you like to see Kareem Hunt doing a little bit more, but Kamara, I think is still, you're going to hope at some point Sean Payton gets creative enough to get him the ball in in some certain spots to make him a little bit more comfortable. And that's an easy way to make Taysom Hill a little bit more comfortable
1: too. And that would be the great counterpunch for for New Orleans to go with in this game against Atlanta, is to use him more in the passing game and try and negate that front for Atlanta. Uh, I've got Kamara higher. He's got way more upside.
2: Alvin Kamara or Miles Sanders this week? Kamara. Uh...
0: Cameron PPR Sanders and non-PPR.
2: All right, Latavius Murray's a number 3 running back. He had a bunch of carries last week, 19 of them, but typically he's in the 8 to 12 carry range and doesn't get a ton of catches, so don't be too fooled by last week's performance. And then Michael Thomas, you know, you guys talked a lot about DeAndre Hopkins and how he's still a good start. You you know, you could theoretically get away with him, uh, get away from him, but in all likelihood you're starting him. Would you start Hopkins or Michael Thomas? Like how how do they compare?
0: Hopkins I mean Thomas is you know it's the quarterback situation you know again there's a two-game sample size you can't really look at the game last week from the the, the Saints perspective and say they were doing anything creative because they just wanted to get their win and go home you know and, and knowing that the Broncos offense was going to be so inept and that's the way it played itself out they were much better in the first start for Taysom Mill and Michael Thomas was excellent in that game for where he's been he dropped the pass in that game you know yes. just to show you what his in 100 his yards was weird it mm-hmm. was wide open too um, so Thomas is still a number two wide receiver. I feel a little bit more comfortable with, with the Andre Hopkins because of his quarterback comparatively to Thomas, but I, I'm, I'm not going to bench Michael Thomas unless I have great options and, you know, we laid it out. Dave have told you some of the guys you may have picked up or, or drafted along the way. Those guys are better, but Thomas, for the most part, again, is going to be started. And I'll tell you what his start percentage is just to let you know what everybody's thinking. So he's, I'm sure going to be 95 plus. I'd be shocked if it's lower than that.
2: Well, I think he should be. I mean, he's getting about 50% of the targets. 90%. So there's a little bit of a downturn. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a ton of targets and, uh, for, compare, you know, percentage-wise. And uh, what he had 50 yards last week and Taysom Hill, what did he throw for like 86 yards or something like that? He um, is looking
0: for Thomas a he lot. He threw for 78
2: yards and Michael Thomas had 50 of them. The week before, he threw for 233 yards and Michael Thomas had a little more than 100 of them. So as long as he has to throw more than 20 times, there's going to be a bunch of targets for Thomas. Jared Cook sit him, Matt Ryan. Let me ask you this. I mean, it's easy to get away from him if Julio doesn't play. And the Saints defense has been so good right now. If Julio does play, would you start Cousins, um, Trubisky, Mullins over Matt Ryan?
1: I'm for sure going to go with Cousins over Ryan, even if Julio plays. I need to hear a report or two saying Julio is back to himself. Anything short of that, and I'm not going to start Matt Ryan. Julio can play. If he's not playing at 100% against this defense and the way that Matt Ryan's been playing, I'm not going to start him confidently. We've been doing this podcast
0: so
2: long already today. By the time we're done, we might get a practice report for the Falcons. So. <laughs> well, then let's wrap up here. Uh, start Calvin Ridley, Any sit Todd Gurley, any interest in Russell
1: Gage? No. Not unless he does okay
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, so. There have been 10 wide receivers with seven or more targets, nine of them against the Saints. Nine of them have had 73 yards or a touchdown. The only one who didn't was Russell Gage two weeks ago. And Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst or Zach Ertz? Ertz. Hurst, you're saying. Okay. Uh, No, I said Ertz. Oh, okay. They do sound kind of similar. I probably should ask different ones. Hayden Hurst
1: or Dalton Schultz? Ertz. I think I've got targets and catches are still there for him, but touchdowns haven't been there for him. And the saints have been great against covering tight ends.
2: All right. Saints DST top five for Dave and Jamie ninth wreath Detroit at Chicago. Your stat of the game. (laughs) I don't know if this makes you a little nervous, Jamie, but running backs are only averaging 4.05 yards per carry against the lions in their last seven games. And if you remove The Minnesota game, it's way, it's less than that. Minnesota in the last seven games against the Lions, the only team as a team that averaged more than 3.5 yards per carry in terms of the running backs. But uh, 15 total touchdowns scored by running backs in those seven games. So David Montgomery is your start of the week. Alvin Kamara or David Montgomery?
1: Montgomery. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, but yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Okay.
2: Sit Stafford, Trubisky. Who are you starting Trubisky over? Uh, Taysom Hill,
0: Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford.
2: How about Ben Roethlisberger?
0: No, I like Roethlisberger better. Me too. How about Lamar I mean, Trubisky's Jackson? Trubisky's track record. Look, again, this is where fantasy and reality differ. Trubisky's track record against the Lions, he's in the last four times 24 or more fantasy points, including 29 in week one. He just scored 24 points in a miserable game for his team against the Green Bay Packers. So, I think this is a, a, a setup for him to have success. To what heights, who knows? Can he be 24 or more points again? That might be difficult, but 20 to 24, I think that can happen for him. So I like the setup for Trubisky. He just plays well against this opponent.
1: And the Lions defense, are they're down another two starters, and they're big starters. Trufonic cornerback and Danny Shelton, that monster human being on the defensive line, is done. Yeah, so it's a great point. I, I think that just makes the matchup all the easier for Chicago, and they're just desperate for a win right now.
2: Yeah. The only thing is with Trubisky is what did the Packers game and the Lions game have in common? They're Garbage now. time. He yep. was terrible through three quarters in both games. That's
1: true. That's very true.
2: So you, you that's a little bit of a concern, I think, because if they win... You know that that would be like if they if they well, have a good game and I think they won, they did win the first game. DeAndre Swift right, right, right. dropped it. The garbage dropped time touchdown. turned
1: into meaningful time because they yeah. came back in that one. I guess I shouldn't call it garbage time, but it was catch up right.
2: mode, and it was all in the fourth quarter. Oh no, Detroit it was garbage game. time.
1: I mean they 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 made it a game because
2: Detroit
0: couldn't do anything offensively, but they were down three touchdowns.
2: They were down three touchdowns. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery? I'm starting to
0: feel Montgomery more at this point. Just not knowing what the the quality of play you'll get from DeAndre Swift. And in fact, again, if, if a key makes plays, then it's easy, Montgomery.
2: All right. DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor? Swift, if uh, he
0: plays. Again, right now, Swift, but Taylor's already, you know, a couple spots away from him. I mean, Taylor's top, got top 10 upside this week. Starter sit Marvin Jones? I would try to sit him if he can. He's got a bad track record against the Bears. And, you know, the, the secondary for Chicago, for the most part, aside from the Packers game, has been pretty good. <laughs>
2: Luckiest team in the world, man. They have faced the Lions without Galladay, the Falcons without Julio Jones, the Bucks without Chris Goblin, and the Saints without Michael Thomas. <laughs> they, uh, they, like, it's, yeah, I, end of rant. TJ Hawkinson is top three in both formats. And we go over to the Bears. Trubisky, we just discussed, he's top 15. David Montgomery, we've been discussing all week. So you know what to do with him. Allen Robinson is top 10 in both formats. Do you have any interest in Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller?
0: None. No. Well, there'll be a second guy who plays well for Chicago, but it could be Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham at this point because they're starting to play Cole Komet more. I just don't think there's anybody at this point that you should feel comfortable starting. The one thing about Mooney is the targets have been there for him. You know, nine targets last week, but I think that's more of a, uh, if they are chasing points, that's where you'll feel comfortable, comfortable about Mooney, but this does not feel like one of those games.
1: Yeah, a lot of them are not catchable targets. Hashtag Trubisky. Hmm.
2: You know who the second guy could be, Jamie? David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, five catches last week, that's true. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Darnell Mooney must have one of the worst yards per target. Maybe he's like never catches passes. 36 catches on 65 targets. And Jimmy Graham. Yeah, So we have to get away from Oof. Jimmy Graham, right, with this Colcomit development? The Bears are getting away from Jimmy Graham. Right, That's it. <laughs> exactly. They'll make that decision for us and uh bears dst what do you think this week you guys like their dst yes yes okay they're top 10 bears or ravens bears. ravens if they're healthy ravens, ravens if they're healthy okay that's fair
1: but they've got to be like all the way healthy everybody's got to be back
2: bears or seahawks seahawks bears Whoa! Really? I think Dave has has a little level of confidence in the Giants to keep it close. Giants, I think, are ten point dogs as we go to this game. Giants at Seattle, and uh, you know, in Tyler Lockett's last eight games, he has 512 receiving yards, and two hundred. him a message, though. Two hundred of those came in one game, and seventy five percent of his touchdowns came in one game. What'd you say? I send him a message. What'd you say? You're playing the Cardinals. Play the Cardinals. That would be nice. Um, Well, in some ways, it's similar, right? You got one good cornerback for the Giants and Bradbury. And I think Tyler Lockett's probably going to see a lot of a rookie, Darnay Holmes, their slot corner. But, all right, you guys talked about him earlier. Lockett is like number two guy that you kind of start don't feel great about? Is that the best way to put it?
1: You're starting him for the upside. He's got big play potential. Absolutely could come through with a smash hit game, Um, but not, you know what the downside is too. And you've got to measure that against some other receivers who probably don't have as much upside or downside as Lockett can give you. Like the 49ers guys, for example, in PPR. Those guys you could probably pencil in for around a dozen PPR points. And we can't quite do that with Lockett. He might get you 32, or he might get you... Right, seven. the
0: ceiling is higher for Lockett. The floor is, is lower for those guys. For
1: yeah, what if you're taking on a team in your league that's just been scoring points like crazy? You'll Here's probably what I would, start what I,
0: what I would do if I was t- if I was Russell Wilson. I would not throw to the wide receiver who had three catches for minus six yards like David Moorhead last week. <laughs> Maybe give those targets to Tyler Lockett.
2: I would hope so, yeah. Uh, so... Chris Carson or Tyler Lockett? Who would you start? Carson. Carson,
0: I think, is is safer. And then, again, if there's no Carlos Hyde, then Carson is much safer.
2: Would you start Chris Carson or Debo Samuel? And, and I'm, I'm going to assume Carlos Hyde's not playing. I mean, he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday, so I guess I shouldn't fully assume that. But for the purposes of, purposes of this exercise?
1: I think it's close. I've got Carson a little higher as of now.
0: I would start Carson for sure. Non-PPR, I would start Debo in PPR.
2: All right, and... That's assuming Carlos side plays. Metcalf is a must start. I, we don't really have to talk much about the Giants. Wayne Gallman is a number two guy. Like, Gallman or Gurley?
0: Gallman. Yeah. And I don't like Gallman this week, but I hate Gurley.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hate's a strong word,
0: Jamie. I hate Gurley as a fantasy
2: option for this week. There you go. We had Todd Gurley on the show. He's very nice. He got mad at me because I told him I traded him, which was true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, he, he said you traded me dog it was very funny uh russell wilson do you want to tell us why you have him ranked in the top three after he has been kind of run you know they've been running the ball more he hasn't been part so of great on the giants yeah he said that a lot this year and i are right I, they did lose a starting linebacker for what that's worth Fackerel. Fackerel. not sure how good he is but he plays a lot okay so russell wilson's top three i i i feel like they're just there's there's Mahomes I would personally probably Rogers. go Rodgers too Jamie has Rodgers 3 The and, only and guy that I might move
1: ahead of Russ is Josh Allen
2: Yeah like none of the other quarterbacks even though we like them you know it's Watson obviously no Fuller Herbert right. facing the Patriots who are super slow and they're not terrible defense I guess um mm. I, well they but they don't give up a lot of points uh Wilson's been struggling a bit. Murray, we know. So it's a weird week for quarterbacks, but dance with who? What's the dance with who got you there? Brungia? Whatever the hell the expression is. Go to the dance with that person that you've been dancing with and start Metcalf and start the Seahawks DST. Dallas at Baltimore. All right, stat of the game. A wide receiver has had 78 or more yards every game against Dallas. Every game, at least one wide receiver, 78 or more yards. So, just keep that in I mind. I see Look, that stat, and
0: I raise you Baltimore.
2: I raise you Travis Fulgham, Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, even Odell Beckham. Uh,
1: those were... <laughs> Odell
2: th- <Becker>. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, he <laughs> doesn't usually get 78 yards.
1: That guy hasn't scored any fantasy points in like the last four weeks.
2: What, what scenario would it take for you to start Marquise Brown?
1: Losing Will Fuller and needing
0: a receiver to replace him? I think Mar- Marquise Brown's an, uh, an okay number three receiver this week, yeah. but it's just it took a garbage time touchdown from a third string quarterback in a miserable game for him to score. And it's just been very frustrating. Now you said it, Adam, if there's no, um, Mark Andrews, no Willie Sneed, you know, they're so depleted again. Um, then yeah, then Marquise Brown hopefully will see an uptick in targets and Lamar Jackson hopefully plays, but if it's RG three again, or trace McSorley because RG three can't go and Lamar Jackson's not cleared, I don't know how much faith I'm going to have in Marquise Brown.
1: Yeah, uh, it has have to be none. Jackson. <laughs> you won't it,
0: have that It would have to
2: be Jackson. Let's let's do this game. As it? Let's say if if Lamar Jackson plays, where are you ranking Lamar Jackson? Uh, ahead of
1: Trubisky, uh, right around twelve. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it won't be super high.
2: Okay, so you'd take like Tannehill over him.
1: I think I might. I'm not sure. Assuming AJ Brown, plays. I, I, I really I feel like we've been we've been burned so often by Lamar Jackson and this matchup should be perfect for him, but he just hasn't played well. Like there's a big part of the problem here. That's on him for not throwing the ball. Well, not making good decisions with the football, not no, running, running as, well. as much as he did last year.
2: He's still running plenty though. I
1: mean, I, I, I mean, by comparison to most quarterbacks, hell yes. But compared to the MVP season, no, but hell he's, no. he's
2: approaching. I think he's on pace for over 900 rushing yards. Per 16 games. So like he's a huge asset in the running game. Uh all right. So you're saying like low end starter?
1: Low end starter is a great way to put it.
2: Uh J.K. Dobbins, Dave, much higher on than Jamie and Heath. Jamie's got him as like a border, like a number two guy, low end number two. Dave has him as a low end number one guy. He's expecting that workload. And the Cowboys are just brutal. F- fifth most fantasy points allowed to running backs. We talked about Marquise Brown. Obviously, if Mark Andrews starts, you're gonna start him, right? Yes. Okay. And then Zeke, uh Jamie, as much as Jamie's not super pumped about J.K. Dobbins, he does have Dobbins just ahead of Zeke, and Dave has Dobbins way ahead of Zeke. Zeke is a low-end number two, but Zeke would be ahead of Gurley for sure. What about Gallman or Zeke? I'd take Zeke over Gallman.
0: I believe I have Gallman ranked ahead of Zeke. Okay. It's closer in non-PPR than in PPR because I still think that you know Zeke, I'm um, still hopeful Zeke will get a couple catches.
2: And Amari Cooper is worth starting. He has, I want to say 79 or more. Yeah, 79 or more yards in all four games that Andy Dalton has started. So, wahoo. And he had a huge game last week. Yeah, Dalton
1: features him. I mean, it's nice to see.
2: Yeah, and uh, Dalton Schultz is is like 15th or lower. You don't really want him.
1: You're hoping for eight PPR points. Uh, He's been getting you catches. That's been the nice thing about Schultz.
2: Baltimore DST is top 10. Start them. And they could be, they could rise higher, depending on the news that we get before the game on Tuesday. Remember, this is a Tuesday game. So we hopefully have some updates for you.
0: Well, we've done the show so long that practice reports are coming in. And good news for the Colts, DeForest Buckner has been active.
2: Hey. hey all right, that is big news. Bad news for
0: Duke Johnson. Bad news for the Texans.
2: Yeah. Okay, Jacksonville at Minnesota. I'm going to give you guys 60 seconds on this game. Uh, Dave, go.
1: Robinson is the best start on Jacksonville. Everybody is the best start on Minnesota. Tyler Eifert is a sleeper if you're desperate at tight end. Nib high school football rules. <laughs> DJ Chark.
2: Let's talk about him. Starter set.
1: If he plays, uh, maybe a number 30. three receiver. Maybe. Uh, Cole Beasley or DJ Chark? Beasley and PPR. Charlie yeah, Chark and non PPR.
2: Okay, last one. How about Ezekiel Elliott or DJ Chark? PPR.
1: Zeke stuff. Zeke's got more upside.
2: And you'd start Kirk Cousins over Lamar Jackson, even if Jackson is
1: playing, Yes, gets Andrews back? Yeah, I can't get away from the track records of both quarterbacks against Jacksonville. They've been putting up points like crazy, and Kirk Cousins has been putting up points like crazy. The
0: only thing you got to fear with Cousins is that the run game is just so dominant and that the Jacksonville offense is inept and... You get uh, a strong one of the stronger defensive games for the Vikings that we've seen all season, which could happen because Jacksonville's offense could be a net because Mike Lennon's not a good quarterback. Um, so you know, Cousins pass attempts been low. The nice thing about Cousins is he's been 30 more pass attempts in the last three games, which we know for him is big. So what is did it you be make a of one point game for Cousins, or is it gonna be a twenty-eight point game for Cousins?
1: What did you make of Gary Kubiak saying that Dalvin Cook is beat up? I mean, he left the game last week. So, you know, he's an ankle injury. I wonder if that means that they are going to be open to the idea of letting Kirk cook.
0: (laughs) I don't think they're ever open to that, nor should they be,
1: but you know, he's playing well. I think that this is the perfect time for them to be have to
2: cook that much to have a good meal against Jacksonville because they gave are most, they're tied with new England. Most yards per attempt. It's the the floor for cousins this week should be safe because the matchup's
0: good. He's been good at home. And he's playing very well. His November was among the best months he's ever had in the NFL. And Cook's beat up. And yeah, but he I mean, you know, still look, I'm
1: still, still starting. starting. Yeah,
2: he's yeah. Still.
0: All right. Uh, he's he they're, they're still gonna run the ball. And you know, it's like what happened with the Packers last week. Is the passing game going to set up the 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 game flow where Cousins does enough to give them a lead and then they just get conservative in the second half. I can certainly see that happening, which is the fear with Cousins. But you know he's playing well enough, and the matchup suggests he should have another good game. And he's been great at home, so I'll buy into that.
2: Cool. And yeah, you guys talked too much. Like you couldn't let me discuss that I cooked an unbelievable meatloaf last night. Dave, you would have loved it. it. Was it was really great. Mm-hmm. And final thing for you to know: nine of. Um, oh no, that's not it. In the last eight games, in the last eight games, the Jaguars have allowed seventy-seven yards or a touchdown. Two. 14 wide receivers in the last eight games. So this could be a really good DFS play. We are out of here. You want some DFS advice? Check out CBS Sports HQ. We're giving you that today, noon Eastern. You can watch it on demand on your OTT device. Thanks to Dave and Jamie. I'm Adam. We will talk to you with the Mailbag Show on Saturday.